You're listening to the Ticker Podcast from IR Magazine, a roundup of this week's leading stories and industry comment from the world of investor relations. Hi, everyone. This past June, German IR professionals gathered in Frankfurt for the 20th annual conference by the National IR Association, Dirk. We've got interview highlights from the two-day event. Uh, This year's conference, uh, the motto is, what are our values worth? And we'll also have a look at the digital trends driving contemporary IR. Mobile has really probably one of the biggest ways that influences the change in terms of how people consume content. That's coming up. But first, here's this week's IR News ticker update. More and more FTSE 100 firms are publishing a clear investment proposition in their annual reports. New research from Black Sun shows almost a third of companies articulate a credible value creation story. That figure is up from just 20% in 2015. An IR magazine survey of almost 700 IROs finds 7% have actively discouraged an analyst from following their company. Respondents cited analyst quality or influence as being among the reasons for pushing back against coverage. Finally, it's often said that it's in a crisis that IR really shines. And that's certainly true of the IR team at TAV Airports Holding. The Turkish firm took home the Best Crisis Management Award at this year's IR Magazine Awards Europe. And it's easy to see why. Last June, the company's flagship Istanbul Atatürk Airport was the site of a terrorist bombing that killed 45 people. Two weeks later, the airport, which is also the company's headquarters and where its IR team is based, was at the center of protests against an attempted coup. This time, no lives were lost. But with tanks in the streets and jets bombing parliament buildings, the coup attempt added to Turkey's already battered security perception. The number of visitors to the country nosedived, and so did TAV's share price. As head of IR at TAV Airports, Nursel Ilgen explains the company took a proactive approach to its IR program, an approach which paid off. Last year was terrible in our history, basically, because we had seen multiple incidents impacting our main flagship asset, which is Istanbul Atatürk Airport. And we had, uh, we had seen a major drop in our share price because of these incidents. Uh, but the thing is, uh, we try to be very fast, very proactive, and we take some measures, basically starting from investor perception and then the company's reputation. So we managed to recover uh, the losses very quickly, I may say, together with our basically uh, our board, uh, the support of our executives. So everybody in our company was very, very supportive during this time. And uh, we, we had uh, deals with a lot of retail investors and uh, institutional investors. So uh, we tried to be very proactive because nobody was coming to Turkey because of the security fears. But uh, we tried to use conference calls and looking at our activity records, we saw that we met with more than 300 investors last year in the second half of last year. So uh, we were very, very active in dealing with investors because we had to share a lot of things because we revised guidance and we tried to align market expectations in line with our company's 
forecast in line with our business plan. So uh, we we tried to do our best from from that point of view. This summer, German IR practitioners gathered in Frankfurt to, among other things, calculate the value of values. IR Magazine was there, and we bring you an audio medley to capture the zeitgeist. Uh, the motto is what are our values worth and with that we are referring to a you know the, the value of of stock market uh, and, and performance but at the same time ethics and morals which we believe will play a greater role in the future We've seen a number of uh, changes in the regulations, for example, in the German governance uh, code. There has been a mention now uh, since this year that the actions of a board shall not only be legal but also legitimate. Now supervisory board members for the first time are interacting with the capital market as such and they turn to investor relations asking, well, how shall I handle this? You're the professional, can you give me some advice? So investor relations offices find themselves in a new role being an advisor to the non-executive board members, supervisory board members, as to how the company is perceived by the capital markets, um, what the capital market expects from the company. And uh, when you talk about things like you know, replacing a CEO, an IRO might him or herself very well find uh, in, in, in between a rock and a hard place in, in that they might know before the CEO himself that um, there is currently being looked at finding a successor for him. Two of the most important trends that also apply for Germany, which is a massive shift to passive investment. And at the same time, the paradox is that, you know, at the same time, these investors become more active in terms of engagement. I think the top 25 investors, the vast majority, when you look really into the funds, is purely passive, so you have no influence if you work in IR. We call them IR immune. If you want to talk about the top investors, you need to engage on a different level. For example, the corporate governance team, because that's the only aspect that you have when you speak to uh, someone like Vanguard or you know, to some degree BlackRock, etc. One of the key themes uh, is the dialogue of the capital market with the second tier of our boards, with the supervisory board. As you know, we have this special German phenomenon of a two-tier board system. And um, until recently, I should say, uh, it was absolutely normal that only the executive board is doing uh, the dialogue with uh, investors, analysts, and let's say private shareholders. Um, but we have seen now, or we are, we are seeing now, more and more cases that investors are not uh, happy with that. Uh, they want to do more. 
either being it that the executive board is not really responsive on their needs, on their demands, uh, or, which is more the case, they really want to discuss corporate governance issues, which are beyond the field of, of the Vorstand, of the executive board, but which is in the responsibility of the supervisory board. Personally, I'm extremely pleased that uh, the focus of the conference uh, is very much again highlighting the importance uh, and the rising importance of ESG and ESG investments uh, uh, for, for investor relations officers and how this is going to change and to impact their professional life. Even though that we do talk a lot about ESG investments, uh, the ordinary, the normal uh, investor relations department doesn't fully recognize the importance of it since in their day-to-day -day talk uh, to investors uh, they focus very much on the um, standard um, uh, questions they do get from investors and sales at analysts on the performance of companies, of uh, margin improvement and margin development and this kind of stuff. But um, the importance of these so-called soft factors is uh, uh, gaining momentum and this is um, gaining momentum in particular in some sorts of uh, grids and, and uh, clusters that do companies do get uh, no inten uh, attention of investors if they do not fulfill certain criteria. and so the normal uh, IR officer may run into the risk that he or she doesn't really get uh, knowledge of uh, whether um, investors are keen to invest in the company or not. IROs are constantly looking for ways to connect and communicate with investors in a more interactive way. In another of IR Magazine's ever-popular webinar series, Laurie Havelock spoke with Agnico Eagle Mines web and communications specialist Sonia Galton and IR technology provider Q4 Inc.'s Daryl Heaps about the latest trends in online IR tools. Heaps kicks off with an overview of changing patterns in the online consumption landscape. When we go back to kind of around the, the 2013 kind of time frame is when we saw the, the advent really of mobile. I think mobile has, has been kind of really probably one of the biggest ways that's influenced the, the change in terms of how people consume content. And that started with taking websites, kind of traditionally designed websites that, that didn't really function very good, uh, very well, sorry, um, on, on phones and tablets. And it was, that was the beginning of, of the trend where um, what we've seen over the number of years is that we've gone to more and more of a format that uh, is really driven by the experience of swiping on a screen. So I think when you look at some of the, the most leading edge kind of designs that are happening now are really what's becoming very much standard if you're going through a redesign, is we're seeing this, these types of responsive, so responsive grid, meaning that really no matter how wide your screen is, whether it's full screen on a, on a laptop or a desktop or narrow on a phone or, or a tablet, that the, the site um, adapts to that, uh, that width. But also really moving to much more long scrolling that um, for those of you that were, have been a part of a web redesign kind of prior to mobile, there's a, an, an, a, um, an aspect that was talked about a lot back then, which was you know, above the fold, that you wanted to make sure that people didn't have to scroll. 
that's really fundamentally changed now, where you see the real primary experience is longer scrolling pages. And that's really driven by the fact of what the experience is being on a phone or a tablet. The, the fact of scrolling is actually a very easy thing to do. So if you're, whether you're on a, a touchpad or a mouse with a scroll wheel or a phone, that aspect of, of scrolling and long scrolling is something that we see um, in pretty much all the different trends that are happening now. But one of the other things we see a lot is, is using much more of a visual style of communicating. So, Rather than having something where you'd have, let's say, uh, answering the question of why invest, then it's really taking a lot of information and putting it into more of an infographic type of presentation, these interactive uh, data sets. And that's really driven by, um, you know, personally, I think a lot of this is driven by our kind of lack of attention span and the fact that there is a um, really a requirement when you're communicating in today's world to think in smaller bite-sized aspect in terms of how you're communicating. So, you know, in the past you might be able to have something where you'd have like a paragraph of information to describe something, whereas right now the way to think about it is how can we tell this story in a, in a much more concise and compact piece of information that someone can digest very easily. So infographics are a tremendous way in which to, um, in which to, to achieve that. Agnico Eagle recently redesigned its website. Sonia Galton speaks on how recent trends impacted her project. This uh, recent website redesign on our part was, uh, was probably our, our single biggest undertaking in the five years that uh, I've been with the team. We, uh, we recognized, much like Daryl was saying, that uh, the world had simply shifted around us and we'd sort of been left a little bit behind uh, in sitting down and preparing to brief our senior management team on what it was we anticipated we needed to do and where we saw ourselves going. I uh, took the time and ran some pretty in-depth numbers and uh, it was shocking to see that we had uh, about 8% mobile usage and that would have been tablets and phones together in 2012. But by the time we sat down in 2015 to, to look at this redesign, we were at 26%. Um, so it was pretty clear that uh, we knew where we needed to go and uh, that led us very, very quickly to the, the requirement of long scroll. Um, and I think what pushed us even further was to see that um, originally we had, when we were looking at our mobile usage between tablet and phone, um, we were at about 8% tablet and 17% mobile by the end of 2015. So earlier in the process we saw them more or less equal, but it's quite clear that the portability of the phone has just taken off. Um, when I sat with our CFO and our uh, VP Investor Relations, their perspective was the same. They, they were talking about the fact that in their investor meetings, more and more they were being asked to bring in a, a phone or a tablet so they could demo live. And uh, certainly they were, they were saying that the, the feedback they're getting from analysts is they want access to everything on the phone. They don't necessarily want to be doing it on a desktop. So um, with that in mind, we, as you can see on the screen, we did do the long scroll. You can go through. The information is packaged in such a way that regardless of the width of your screen, you're going to see it effectively. It wraps down below when the screen gets narrower and it stays wide when your screen is wider if you want to go landscape on your, on your device. Um, I wanted to, to point out the uh, Why Invest page and perhaps uh, back up Daryl's comment there. Uh, if we could bring up Why Invest. Um, we chose to do precisely the, the infographic sort of uh, direction in order to um, be able to showcase exactly the, the key points and these are taken and updated from our, our presentations that are done quarterly. So it's the same story we're telling 
in investor meetings, and we do 400 to 500 of them a year. Um, that story is now available via mobile. It's downloadable. It's shareable as well. Um, so that's, that's certainly been the direction we've taken. Our statistics uh, bear out the, the interest in it. Um, and just uh, rerunning them the other day, uh, at this point in time, obviously our investor relations section is, is clearly the, the biggest site that gets accessed. It gets the heaviest traffic. But we're seeing our sustainable development page, our sustainability section. We're seeing that come to the forefront now too. So on any given day, if I look at my live stats, I've got people on both the IR section and sustainability. Um, and we, we opted to go with an approach where we've now taken part of our sustainability reporting and actually brought it into, um, there's, a, there's a, in essence, a live SD report that we, we keep up to date. And it now allows that information to be available as well. You can find out more about the latest IR website and content consumption trends by checking out the webinar on our website or Bright Talk. That's all for this week's Ticker Podcast. Thanks for listening. In Montreal, I'm Jeff Cossette. You've been listening to the Ticker Podcast from IR Magazine. For free access to all the latest global investor relations news and analysis, register at irmagazine.com or download the app.